When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Speculation. Reckless speculation. My favorite types of text messages throughout the day are when any one of you three, Rami, Judd, or Jonathan, have something that like you want to throw out to start the show that you think the other ones might be, or some of the other ones might have a weird or outrageous reaction to. Uh, like, I got to throw this out. I want to see what Blank's reaction is going to be. <laughs> Rami sends a text about an hour ago that mm-hmm. says, I had a spicy quarterback take on Score North Live the today. Emoji. Uh, three fireballs. Yeah. Yes. yes. Hey, I had a spicy three fireball quarterback take on Score North Live today that seems to, th- I, then you butchered the rest of the sentence. Did I? That seems to think would be of interest. Oh, I meant to say that Judd seems to think would be of interest to Mackie. To Mackie. Starts yes, to so. read like Randy? Okay. Is that I what you meant? Reckless speculation. And we yeah, have audio All right. of the take here. I have not Oh, there's heard... audio? I thought I would just regurgitate. Okay. No, let's play it. No, All right. I mean, we we could have you regurgitate the take. No, mm-hmm. it's better if you play it. But let's... No, I, I think I was our audience deserves the original take, okay, and I have you. not heard the original take And yet. this is from Score North Live, weekdays, noon to two. And folks can listen to it anytime and at scorenorth.com and the Score North app. Just to be clear, this was something that you said as part of an entire soliloquy. So this was not like trying to trip triggers. No, no. You were running this down was, this, this, okay? Was, this was So sir, this was not like a on purpose spicy. No, this was take. like stream of consciousness yep. talking about quarterback carousel this okay. offseason in, in NFL free agency. Let's, let's roll tape. Yep. Call me crazy. I've always been a big Cam Newton guy. And not that he's the greatest classic quarterback in the history of classic quarterbacks, but just as far as offensive weapons and everything that he can do when he has the ball in his hands, yeah, he might be, if if the Panthers just come out and say, open season on Cam Newton, let us know what you'd offer, or maybe they just cut and cut, cut bait and let him go. He probably goes to the top of this list for me, ahead of Brady. Like, if I, if I have mm-hmm. a QB shopping list, yep. well, I'm a team that needs yeah. a quarterback, and I have a QB shopping list going into this offseason. Run that by, wait, wait, wait. Cam hold, Newton might be what? at the top of my list. Yeah. I think he is. Uh, the, the, the top of what list? Three hours later. And what I said was, you've got to run that by Mackey. Mm-hmm. And Declan immediately jumped in and was like, oh, yeah. And we actually <laughs> took the Cam Newton portion of that conversation and put that piece of pie aside for right now. Last night, I was just, I was watching the Wolves game and kind of brainstorming for what, 
I might do in the four hours of programming that I, I provide Score North listeners with on a day to day basis here. And I just I was thinking about the quarterback picture in the NFL this offseason and how much it could change. And I just started jotting down all the quarterbacks that are or will be available via free agency and trade according to multiple reports. And the list that I came up with and I'm not ground I'm not breaking any ground here. People have heard all these names. Just when you see them all together in a list, it's a little bit eye opening. Brady, Dalton, Tannehill, Foles, Carr, Teddy, Rivers, Jameis, and Cam Newton. And you tell me, if Cam Newton is healthy, who of anybody on that list would you take ahead of the guy that we saw take the Panthers to the Super Bowl a few years ago? Multiple quarterbacks, I would take. <laughs> You're above crazy. Cam Newton. You're crazy. Just, just to be clear. You're absolutely nuts. And let me lay out my case here, mm-hmm. okay? Cam Newton, why you're nuts? Cam Newton is one of the most overrated, wildly overrated quarterbacks in NFL history. Okay? Let's know. let's start there for I, a second. I, I, can we stop there? Because it's already ridiculous. Okay. Cam, right. Cam Newton has one of the lowest completion percentages of any quarterback that has started, you know, enough games to have a sample size. This is why I started in by the saying last twenty years. He's not the greatest classic quarterback in quotations. If you look at quarterback numbers and numbers that we have measured quarterbacks by, and what position does he play? He plays quarterback. Okay, just check it. Everything just want to make d- sure. Everything there is. He's not a classic hitter. He doesn't do the hitter things <laughs> and hit the home no, run. You know what you're doing? That other hitters you do. You know what you're doing? You're doing what people do to Miguel Sano. You're looking at what he can't do instead of looking at what he can do and realizing that's a super productive guy. And the other thing that you're doing that people do to Miguel Sano is you're measuring him by. Metrics and statistics of the past okay. that we use to measure quarterbacks or that we used to measure hitters. It's a new age, man. It's a new era of quarterbacks. And I'm telling you, everything Cam Newton does with the football in his hands, very few people, not just quarterbacks, very few people who have played in the NFL are as dangerous as he is to a defense. And by dangerous, you mean he can throw deep passes, and he can run. I mean, he can change the complexion of a game on one play at any given moment. And those are all great because there's 20 quarterbacks that in any given moment, in any given moment, Ryan Tannehill can change the complexion Come of a game. Man. You're in not any putting given Ryan moment, Tannehill on the same who's the, level who's, as Cam There's Newton. like nine guys with the last name Allen. Is it is Josh Allen the Bills quarterback? Yeah. That you guy are can, really doing this right now? That guy can run You're for 40 really yards doing once this right now? In fact, Cam Newton coming off... Major I think I just won this debate. He just brought up Josh Allen in the same sentence as Cam Newton. I did. No, that's how he feels about Cam Newton. Mobile quarterback. Is Collar inaccurate? Because I know Collar is with me on Cam Newton. We've of course, had this yeah. discussion no, I before. Fought, I fought Judd and Collar yeah, about these this fights of, exactly. three years ago. That's okay? why I want you to hold the tank. All right, Cam Cam Newton's what best. What did Cam do to you? Let me talk. Cam Newton's <laughs> best asset. How did he hurt you? He didn't hurt me. I just don't think he's that did good. Did you lose money on the Super Bowl when they played the Broncos and you wouldn't jump on that ball that was bouncing across the ground? I love how you just named like that. That, that right there is Cam Newton in a nutshell. Okay. Huge game, melts down, and doesn't jump on a ball that's laying there for his team to potentially he dive on. He's also the only reason for 18 games that they got there. Look at that Panthers team. And that is one of his 10 seasons in the NFL. He has one great season in 10 years in the NFL. And his best asset is his ability to run. And now he's coming off a season in which, remind me, what was his injury again? Shoulder for one, but also healthy. he's had threw, real issues. I threw in the caveat of is he healthy? So we're questioning whether he can throw the ball as well as he used to, and the fact that he's over thirty and has had lower body injuries. He's oh, not going to run Brady the ball like he did. Three, no worry about that. Name me a mobile quarterback that wasn't accurate that got past the age of thirty and was still a star caliber player. I need him to be better as a passer before I'm putting him on the top of that list. So I would take to answer your original question. 
Give me the list of quarterbacks again. Brady, Dalton, Tannehill, Foles, Carr, Teddy, Rivers, Jameis, and Cam. So for this season only, above Cam Newton, I'm taking Teddy Bridgewater, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and maybe Ryan Tannehill. Philip Rivers? Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers? He's fun to watch. You're talking about guys who are he old, re- whose arm... He should retire. Philip Rivers should call it quits. Philip Rivers throws the ball like his arm fell off, and he just picked it up and stuck it back yeah. in the socket. How many games did he play last year? So, Like I said... Do you know how many kids he has to carry around, Rami? That's true. It's a if lot of want, children. If you want to use the health, okay, but I already gave that caveat. I said, if Cam Newton is healthy, and anything close to the form that he was in a few years ago, give me him over... He does more to help you win football games than anybody else on this list, except maybe Tom Brady. So Cam, maybe. New- Cam Newton's been around. He came into the NFL in 2011. How many playoff wins does Cam Newton have? And by the way, the, the Panthers have had good weapons around him. They've had wide receivers. They've had defenses. They've had Ron Rivera, who's a good Steve coach. Smith and Greg Olson. Who else? Those are really good weapons. Those are good weapons, yeah. And they've also had running backs. They've had run games in the last 10 years. Like The Panthers have not been a bad roster around Cam Newton, okay? Almost a decade in the NFL, and this dude has three playoff wins. And 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 two of them came in the season that we talk about, the fifteen and one season. So if you if if you put that season aside, the other eight or nine years he has one playoff win. So I'm just saying, like you I know, think he's overrated. There's I some players that, that we all are biased against, and you're not gonna change your mind no matter how much you go back and forth and debate it. For Phil Cam Newton, but falls it's, in it's, that category. it's not a bias. Like it's not a bias. Mm, it's a little biased. I, for, oh, oh, based on what? Based on what? Cam Newton. You look at Cam I have Newton. No, I have no attachment to Cam Newton. Yeah, other I know, than the I'm fact one, that people, I'm wondering what he did to you. You look at Cam Newton like <laughs> said, most of us. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You look at Cam Newton like most of us consider right now Jameis Winston, which is I wouldn't touch the guy. 30 interceptions, off the field mistakes. No, it's not that I wouldn't I'm touch more, the guy. I'm more forgiving. I would put him num- the, the debate is would you put him number one on healthy, that list? Well, and I agree. That's absurd over Tom I, Brady? I agree. I would not. That being said, I just thought that the debate should be saved for the start of this show because your your passion for Cam Newton, like with Rami, I disagree, and I and I would redo his list slightly. But I knew that your passion for hearing where Rami put Cam Newton would be far more entertaining radio than me being like, I think that's too well, high. Like, honestly, like to put him okay. Let's just narrow it down to this. You just said that you would take Cam Newton over Tom Brady. He's Why? The, he's the one guy who makes who makes me hesitant. Okay. That's the one guy who it would be a tough decision oh, for me because that's the debate. I'm not. That's I'm not debate. backing down. I said that to you this afternoon because I'm not dying on the Ryan Tannehill hill. Okay, but like the Tom Brady one, I will. <laughs> Tom Brady is 43, and Cam Newton played two games last year. I understand. Plenty of guys get injured at the age Cam Newton has come back and have productive careers. How many guys have productive careers age 43 and up? Well, Tom Brady so far. Okay. And he's in a different category. You don't even really compare him to other quarterbacks. Yeah, watching Tom Brady last year, and I know he didn't have the weapons around him. Period. I'm not, period. I'm not saying like, he's done. End of take. He didn't have the weapons no, around because him. because you just, you, just, you just said it doesn't matter what weapons you have around Cam Newton. You just said, I, just told, you, I just said he didn't have when did that, I say that? that football team that he took to the Super Bowl. For 18 games, he was the only reason that they got there. And you poo-pooed that. Wait, wait, you wait, wait, that. wait, wait. You wait, brushed wait. that off. You think a 15-1 team... Was was one guy, one guy in a fifty-one large, team? I think it was Dude. largely Cam Newton. All right, yeah. hold on a second. Hold on a second. Go down. Wait that. a second. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Go ahead. Pull me over. Hot 
Day Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent oh. until proven guilty in hot take court. Hold on a second. You guys can't get in a debate and then have one one of you go rogue and pull the other one over. That has to be done by the unbiased that's person. That's that's your guy Mackey over there. He's a bounty hunter. He can't pull you over. You got to run. Wait. <laughs> He's not a cop. It's true. You have no authority here. You listen to the listen to oh. this listen to these oh. players on offense. I just pulled up and it is 2015, right? The 2015 Denver Broncos. Uh, no, he played for the Carolina Panthers. Pro- yeah, I played against the Panthers. <laughs> I pulled up the 2015 Carolina Panthers roster. Listen to some of these names. I'll get. I'll, I'll assume Rami knows what team Camden plays for. I'll give him that. Jonathan Stewart passed his prime. He was 28 years old. We all know what happens to running backs at that age. He shared the backfield with Mike Tolbert, who is 30. Big fullback. Cameron Artis Payne. I'm just going down the roster on the offense. Fozzie Whitaker. Corey Brown. 30-year-old Ted Ginn. 33. Cam Newton was great that year. 33 no year old Jericho Country. Wait, 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 wait. He had a good year. Go go down the list of quarterbacks that you read before and give us all of the primarily because of age or injury suspect quarterbacks who are available. So that includes Brady because of age, Cam Newton, Teddy. Who else is suspect? Like Tannehill, you might have questions about, but he's not really. Rivers. Okay, Rivers. All right. You're saying so like, there, are inju- there might be an issue. There are health or age questions about them. If you, yes, they, they might be in the in Andy the Dalton. discounted bin. Andy Dalton, I think, is in the discount bin. Okay. The bargain DVD bin. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Newton, Brady, Bridgewater, Andy Rivers, Dalton. Dalton. Mighty Ducks By the five. way, just for fun, put Kirk Cousins on this list. Just for fun. <laughs> put, put Kirk Cousins on this list. Somebody's salty today. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> So we've got Newton, Brady, Bridgewater, Rivers, Dalton, and Cousins. Let's do the old Mackie and Judd, and now Rami thing, and mm-hmm. let and let's rank them as we would each take them. So there's something wrong, including age, with each one of these guys. And if you, we want to throw Cousins in, that's fine. But let's rank them one through one, two, three. Can four, I do one A, one B? No, no, you got to go one through six. Because I, li- I can't. No, you know, you've got to choose. Because this whole exercise right. now is. You know what? I'm gonna do it. Cam is one. I was going to go Cam Brady, 1A, 1B, if you're forcing my hand, and it's a healthy Cam Newton, give me Cam Newton. Okay. Over 43-year-old Tom okay. Brady. All right, then who? Six to choose from. <sighs> then it's Brady. I think that's obvious. Okay. Then Teddy. Okay. Actually, give me the list again. I just want to make Newton, sure. Newton, Brady, Teddy. List. Philip Rivers, Andy Dalton, and then because Phil wants to throw him in, Kirk Cousins. Okay, so then, yeah, Teddy, <laughs> Rivers, Dalton, Cousins. Might, eh, no. Wait, I'm Cousins put, at the I end? I forgot Cousins was on the list. Let me revise. Okay. I'll put Cousins right after, right after Teddy. Okay. Phil? Uh, Tom Brady's number one. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater's number two. Yep. Um, Cam Newton's number three. Wow, healthy Cam Newton's number three. Okay, all right. So I was I was exaggerating with Ryan Tannehill. Or no, I forgot Rivers. I love Rivers. I'm putting Rivers third, and Cam Newton fourth. All right. I will admit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In, the heat, in the heat of the debate, where's Cousins? I forgot about Cousins too. Cousins is. Uh, I get a healthy Cam Newton. Healthy Cam. Newton. No, I no. I think you get Cam Newton now. I think no. Then I need sixteen games. Then I need sixteen games. You're rolling the dice. If I'm rolling, if I'm rolling the dice, then he's below Tannehill and he's below. Well, Tannehill, we're not putting on this list. 
because he's just sort of a we're just, veteran. We're just talking about guys who have age or injuries. There's something concerns. wrong. They're, right. they're in the discount bin. I'm putting him. I know that there's Teddy, a, a scratch on the record. Yeah, I'm putting him like fourth or fifth on that list. I am. And by the way, just for fun here, okay? Just to prove that I am not just out to get Cam Newton and there's not, not some weird bias, okay? This is all rooted in fact. Since 2011, okay? Now, I will grant you that these numbers I'm going to throw out, okay. they don't account for how great they don't account for how great he is at running. And so, you have to you have to bring him up a couple pegs because at least up until now, like the guys in his 30s now, he has been one of the great running quarterbacks of all time. Like one of the three greatest he of all time. He was their goal line running back. He Agreed. was literally their goal line running back for a few years there. Totally agree. Totally agree. But if you just take the passing side of it into effect, okay, average net yards per attempt. So how efficient are you passing the ball? The top of that list the last 10 years, just to, just to validate the list, Pat Mahomes is number one, Peyton Manning's number two, Drew Brees is number three. Okay, so like that's a pretty good encapsulation of the best quarterbacks over the last 10 years or so. You have to go all the way down to 31st on that list, quarterbacks with at least 500 attempts to get to Cam Newton over the past 10 years. He's behind Andy Dalton, Matt Schaub, Marcus Mariota, and Nick, thing again, and Nick Foles. You're doing the Miguel Sano thing again. Why are we using this old-ass metric to measure this dude? He's, he's, he's a garbage passer, and it matters. Like, and Miguel Sano, he's a garbage defensive player. That matters, too. And he strikes out a lot. I get it. And that matters. He has flaws. Yes, Cam Newton has flaws. But ask a, ask a defensive player or a defensive coordinator of this list of guys, if you give him a healthy Cam Newton... Who they fear the most? Who they need to game plan for the most? I did. They said Teddy. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, Cam Newton is as dangerous as they come. Hold on. I'm not done with my list. Yet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, Brady. You got Mackey again, going rogue. Brady has to be one. I put Teddy two, Cousins three, Cam four. Because you don't know. This, this is the problem. Cam might just be cooked. Cam might be. Cooked. My whole premise though was healthy Cam. I'm going on that assumption. Yeah, but you're never going to get him as as healthy as he was again in the MVP. Season, he's never going to get back to that. I don't know at his age, and the, he's taken such a physical. The game's taken such a physical toll. I'm putting Dalton five, and I'm sorry, Phil, your guy, Philip Rivers. It's over. Come on, dude. Define over, Jed. Um, if he was a left-handed reliever in baseball, he would be in a bullpen, and that would be his lot in life. He's like Ron Mayhay. I'm saying he's Philip Rivers, Jamie Moyer. Oh, Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer did well into his 40s. No, I know he did it. And if, if Philip could pick up a baseball and start to throw, which he's not <laughs> going to be able to because his arm is sort of shot. But come on. The guy that we saw play for the L.A. Chargers against the Vikings last year, it was a great run. It I was take, a disaster. Yeah. I take nothing away from the career the guy yeah. had. But Philip Rivers, the problem with Philip Rivers, like he's like he's like the 55-year-old guy who walks into the bar. He's been divorced a couple of times. And he looks in the mirror when he wakes up every morning. And he is still the 28-year-old that he remembers three decades ago. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's walking up to all the 25-year-olds in the bar. Like, yep. he's still spitting game. Philip Rivers is dropping back, throwing balls over the middle. Still got it. No, no, he And don't. he drinks two beers and passes out. I still think Philip Rivers is, I think he's going to go somewhere this season, and he's going to show you some flashes, but I, I will admit that. You think he's going to the Colts? Rivers. That would be kind of fun. I think he might go to the Colts. That would be fun. He definitely needs to go probably he to a Dome. Frank, him and Frank Reich have uh, history together, I believe, going back. I could see him, if he could play eight games in a Dome and then a couple more, I think he'd have the same benefits of being in a controlled environment. If he can limit wind gusts. Knuckleballer. R.A. Dickey-like. Yeah. Controlled little, environment, important. A little bit, little bit tough to get those knuckleballs over uh, 
over outstretched. Anyway, I knew this would be good. I knew this would be good because it would trip Mackie's trigger. And I was just like, yeah, Cam Newton's fine. So just to clarify, like my trigger, (laughs) my trigger is when, when multiple people in a room are adamant and I think they're both wrong. Like, and, and Judd and I had this same I fight two, out of this years one ago, this time. Okay? I did not really get involved. Like, if, if someone just brings up, what do you think of Cam Newton? I have, there's no passion behind it. I, just, I think he's overrated. But if two people are in the room telling me, no, you're wrong, he's not overrated, then I start to coil up and say, no, no, here are the facts. I mean, sometimes if I'm the only one saying something, I look around and I go, maybe I'm the dumbass. It's possible. I have to consider that maybe, just maybe. Yeah, look at Twitter yesterday. I'm going to give you room, Jonathan, to get the drop. I'm a dumbass. That's always a possibility. That's always a possibility. What percentage of the time? If if 90% of people believe Uh one thing, Mm -hmm. what percentage of the time are those, in sports especially? I'll give you one example. Vegas Vegas builds buildings upon Mm -hmm. buildings based off the opposite of what you just said. I'll give you one example where this is a hill I'll die on, and according to a poll, I am in the vast, vast minority. I still say Buster Douglas, bigger upset than Russia knocking off hockey in the Olympics. I stand. What by are that. the poll results? I stand there, right? on after that you hill. were after you were thir- it was thoroughly because people, vetted first through. All, first of all, and while See, you, while you get that, you up, just told us while me? you get that while you get that up the poll that is got that that didn't yep, help at all. I got that adding nope. the poll didn't help the, at all. The context yeah. made that nope worse. First of really all, did. the sample group is 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 not a good measure because Judd is followed by a legion of hockey fans. So, of course, they're going to be biased towards the 1980 hockey team. Secondly, I don't know that everybody understands the question. The question is simply bigger upset. What was the bigger upset? 1980 USA hockey team over Russia or Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson? Yeah, conveniently people, leaving out the Daniel Bryan one. But people, that's fine. Come on. Which someone did point out and said that's the biggest upset. People are coming at me with, you don't understand the social and political climate in this country at the time that we beat Russia. In the, I'm not talking about that. Dude. I'm not talking about dude. the impact on society. I'm not talking about the Cold War. I'm talking about what was the bigger sports upset? Which one was the more surprising outcome? The rest of that stuff doesn't matter. For the, for the purposes of this conversation. Just doesn't matter. And honestly, the Olympics and any significance that you add to it also doesn't matter. But I digress from that. I so can't th- wait. so can't- this guy just told us that if he is batted down by enough people, he will say, I was wrong. No, I said I will consider it. 1,197 votes. One hour left on at Jay Zolgad to vote. U.S. over Russia, as far as upset goes, uh, 85.1% of the votes. Buster over Tyson, okay. 149 Right. In fairness, okay? In fairness here, in fairness to Rami... This is like saying, what's more popular, LSU, or, or what's more popular, college football or or uh, or whatever, like NL East baseball. And you run the poll in LSU territory, and it's like, and it's Nick, it's, it's, or in right. Alabama territory, yes. and it's Nick Saban yeah. who's posting you it guys on Twitter have to account. Okay? Judd, oh, I'm overwhelmingly Judd's the vindicated. Pied Piper of overwhelmingly hockey vindicated. In the state of hockey. Overwhelmingly vindicated. You know what's, Twitter what's Judd Zolgad Zolgat of Judd's Hockey Show Rami, what's wants really to sad? know, what was the bigger deal, <laughs> hockey or boxing? You were, given the Stop, op- you were given the opportunity last night to look at Twitter and learn, and instead you re- recoiled, you rebelled against it. Yeah, because it. people are missing the mark. People are missing the point of the actual question. And somebody dug up for me, one of my loyal followers and somebody who is supporting me in this debate, that if you look at the odds, 
The Vegas odds, yeah, the betting some, odds. Someone actually looked something no, no. else up and found what, that those were What that guy right. was looking at was USA's chances to win a gold medal when the Olympics started. Rami. But the odds for that game, Rami. if you just look at the betting odds in Vegas. Rami, sometimes you're wrong. I'm not, though. Sometimes you're The betting wrong. odds in Vegas, Buster Douglas was the bigger upset. Simple. Someone also pointed it's out math. that there's a bigger upset than both of those, but you guys just. Well, soccer, well Rami yeah. blew it off as. That's true. Buster said you're right. Actually, the more I think about this. So it's 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 boxing versus hockey. It's Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, Do we? USA, Russia. The reason I side with Rami. Thank you. And the reason why the boxing upset was the bigger upset mm-hmm. is because hockey's random. Which is the other thing I kept on coming back at people with last night on Twitter. And as I was walking into the studio today, <laughs> still having this debate with people. That's the ultimate trump card in this argument, is that hockey is, is just random. As I told Phil... Ages ago, that line is one of the laziest lines I've ever heard. And so, true, though. Well, did, did, it's just random. Did, uh, it's just random. Did did Mike Tyson have a, a left hook go off someone's breezers into the back of the net? I don't Do we think forget? So. I, actually, he showed up un, unprepared, not in shape, and got beat. Serious question. Does everybody here remember, or have we forgotten, or maybe some people just never knew, the dominant, unstoppable force that Mike Tyson was at the time? Like, People couldn't even. Oh, I was. People couldn't 20. fathom I, I him, him losing a match, much less getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. That was that was just not in the realm of possibility. This guy was walking. But do you remember through how the un- heavyweight do division? You re- do you recall how unprepared for that fight he was? Because he assumed that he was going to win and did really but no preparation that, for it. But that is again, like I and have no sight. Do- I have, know that I have no dog in this race, and I think I think you guys both make compelling arguments. You could argue. The same thing about the Russians and the Russians. Did they take the U.S. lightly? Did they show up thinking, "Wow, I mean, we'll just we'll just throw the sure. puck on the ice and we'll mm-hmm. just skate around and beat them Don't eight to nothing"? Don't ruin the fairy and... tale for people, Phil. Phil. Just saying. Don't ruin the fairy tale. There was a movie made about it. Boxing's nice and that's cute, but hockey's a bigger upset. Mm, simply no. I was watching well, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of fighting in the first. I love. I like it. I was watching uh, show. and tweeted it out at Rami is tweeting is how you follow me. Uh, Mike Tyson's greatest knockouts is ten. It was a, like a highlight reel of his ten greatest knockouts. His knockout of Trevor Burbick. I was just showing this to Wetmore before the show. Is the most comical knockout you will ever see in boxing because he lands a big shot. Burbick goes down like a lot of guys did when Mike Tyson would hit him. But he composes himself and gathers his wits about him pretty quickly. He almost immediately. You can see in his eyes that he's he's lucid. He's he's not he's not still in the fog. He tries to get up pretty quickly, and he just keeps falling over as he tries to get up. And at one point, he pounds on the mat, and you see the frustration in his face because Mike Tyson broke the connection between his brain and his legs, and his legs just weren't doing what he was asking them to do. That sounds like an athlete challenge. He could not get up on his feet, and it's so funny, dude. He just falls over from side to side as he's trying to get up off the mat. It's hilarious. Who's the local box? Is it Caleb Truax is the one that... The CTE uh, now is even funnier. (laughs) The fact he has no idea his name is Trevor Burbick, it's hilarious. Just ask him his name sometimes. Amazing. Mackie and Jeb with Rami have just been fighting for 25 minutes here to start the show. And uh, a couple things to get into for the next 90 minutes or so. Doogie's going to join us a day later than usual for his weekly scoop session, the latest on Vikings, Nuggets, and news heading into free agency in a couple of weeks. Richard Patino status. We have write that down at the top of the hour, and we will get into, speaking of hockey, 
Did the Minnesota Wild finally find the star scorer that they've been looking for in Kevin Fiala, who's just been ridiculous the last few weeks? So a packed show here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. Where what are we watching right now on TCL TV? Looks like we've got little. I'm watching Mike training. Tyson knock out Trevor Burbick on my laptop. But yeah, I'm that's excited to watch there. that shortly here uh, in 4K picture quality. So TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and TCL offers the most entertainment options. If you're a cord cutter and you're looking to consolidate to YouTube TV, thank you by the way, YouTube TV and uh, FSN for at least extending for a month. We appreciate that, cord cutters. Uh, but if you're, if you're looking for endless entertainment options, 5,000 plus streaming channels with that built-in Roku device, and you get access to 500,000 TV shows and movies, uh, it is truly an unbelievable experience when it comes to entertainment and sports options. Again, TCL, TCLUSA.com, and any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. It's Mackie and Joe with Rami from the TCL Studios. We'll come back and get a little bit of a download on the local sports scene from our guy Doogie. Jonathan here with the Score North download. There's never an off-season for Purple Daily. Weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. right here on Score North. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. Purple Daily is the only five-day-a-week show dedicated to the Vikings all year long, hosted by Matthew Collar. Listen throughout the week as Collar is joined by former Vikings Sage Rosenfels and Alex Boone, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Over at scorenorth.com right now, Judd Zolgad has a couple articles on the Wild, mainly around Kevin Fiala continuing to dazzle, and Alex Stalock finally getting his chance as the Wild's top goalkeeper. And then Matthew Collar has an article on the Vi- or on NFL talking about how the quarterbacks leave the combine with plenty of intrigue after a comment yesterday on Purple Daily from Eric Hedham, which you can download anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Joe with Rami. TCL Studios. A day later than usual. You can find him usually at 5 o'clock on Tuesdays with us. You can also find the Scoop podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. It's Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And this is our weekly download of the Minnesota sports scene. Inside information. Let's start with the Vikings because free agency... Uh, opens up the, the the legal tampering period. Well, that really opened up technically at the combine because teams tamper all the time. But like March sixteenth is when teams can schedule visits. So the Vikings have twelve days to figure out a lot of things. They don't have any cap room right now. There's a lot of veteran contracts in flux. What are you hearing twelve days out from meetings being scheduled, Doogie? Hello, gentlemen. Oh, hold on, let's pot him up. I had the mic there right there. We that go. Time. Yeah, you did. That's Jonathan's fault. Jonathan. Yeah. yeah, he potted it down. Hello, gentlemen. Happy Hump Day. Sabotage. You guys leave the way, my guy Jonathan alone. I feel like I'm at my kindergartner's uh, teacher conferences. You, I'm in this chair. I was just trying to adjust this chair. Three, three, I'm literally sitting on the floor right now. I can't raise this chair. That Hold you on, guys I turn my me. mic on. We are a mess here. Radio one on one. You turned me off, Jonathan. No, this is Jonathan. Jonathan turned me off. Doogie is kind of behind me, and I didn't notice how low the chair was till I turned around. I'm literally sitting on the ground. Very few things. I don't know why. Very few things are as comical to me as people. 
people in too short of chairs. It's hilarious, especially behind a desk or a it council. Is. It's, it's funny, but this, this reminds me of a bit that Doogie and I used to do together at a previous uh, work stop, where I would have Doogie read nursery rhymes in his sports update voice. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. I am Darren Doogie Wilson with your sports update. We call those the good old days. Life was less complicated this like a back Tim then. Conway bit. I'm but sorry. Yeah, no, you know what this is? Seriously. Like, when we go to conferences for my kindergartner, they only have the small chairs and the small tables. So you literally sit in one of those small chairs and have a back and forth with, with the <laughs> teacher. So that's how I feel right now, sitting in this chair where I'm practically on the ground. All right, on the Vikings. They're operating <laughs> as if Anthony Harris signing elsewhere is a foregone conclusion. That This is his one big wow. opportunity to hit the jackpot. And I know a lot of people got, at least based on social media reaction, got excited when I tweeted a couple weeks ago that Harris had changed his representation to Athletes First. That's a big agency. On the Vikings alone, they represent Kyle Rudolph, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Trey Waynes. They now have Eric Wilson, Vikings restricted free agent. They have Vikings linebacker Cam Smith. So they have a bunch of guys. So this agency has an excellent relationship with the Vikings. That being said, Harris is, what, 28 years old. This is it. He's not signing another big contract in a couple years or in three years. This is it. So money will talk loudest. You just don't pay two safeties enormous money. So the Vikings internally are operating as if Anthony Harris 100% Mm. is a goner. Never say never. If he's willing to come back, big-time team-friendly deal. Like Mike Zimmer thinks the world of Anthony Harris. Harris legitimately likes it here. But the money is going to be so good somewhere else. If I were a betting man, I would bet significant money. I'm not a big never say never this far out. But I'm just saying, if if I could bet significant money on this, Anthony Harris will be an ex-Viking. Do we think Griffin is coming back? Or was Mike's um, uh, discussion that he brought up with the media about Griffin more wishful thinking that... He thinks Griffin should come back. He'd like to apply some pressure to his employer to bring him back because it just doesn't make sense to me that, that a guy that could shop himself at the age of, what, 32, Doogie, and get a pretty good deal is going to take a team-friendly cut just to stay here. More the latter. Okay. Now, could I see him back? Yes. But if some of the teams that had interest in him a year ago offer more money, can I see Griffin taking that contract? Yes, I can. I mean, last year it was... It was Carolina. Now the landscape in Carolina is significantly different now. So I don't think the Panthers will have interest a year later. The Raiders had interest. The Seahawks, his guy Pete Carroll, had interest. So, I mean, there was legitimate interest. The Redskins had some interest, too. There was legitimate interest last year before, remember, it was like seconds before. It was like literally two or three minutes before the deadline when Griffin signed you know, the, re, you know, the, the contract that, that they redid. Remember, he was sitting in the parking lot. At TCO Performance Center with just minutes to go, his agent calls. He says, Everson, run in. He goes in, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes to go, puts pen to paper. But he nearly hit the open market a year ago. So like Phil said, there's always tampering done, especially at the Combine. So, I mean, there was known interest in Griffin, you know, before he signed that new deal with the Vikings last year. And that new deal allowed him the opportunity to elect unrestricted free agency this year, as long as he played in, what, 57% of the snaps or hit the, what, six-and-a-half sacks threshold, which he did, and it was always inevitable he was going to control his situation. He was going to opt out. So, yeah, I mean, there is mutual interest. His guys, Les Pico with the Vikings, Les was heavily involved 
when Everson went through all that stuff, all that drama, what, a, a year ago or so, 18 months ago or so, you know, Les was, was heavily involved in helping Everson get his life on track. I mean, Everson is still battling some mental hurdles. So, I mean, Les is a big resource for Everson. So that means something. But, yeah, like with Anthony Harris, this is probably it for Everson, even though he's made a lot of money. This is probably it for him hitting the jackpot. So, yeah, if if Seattle or someone else offers good money, yeah, I can see Everson Griffin leaving. Bill Barnwell said earlier this week in his piece at ESPN.com about this quarterback carousel and free agency season that's about to begin that they may wait till after the draft to decide what they do with Kirk Cousins. With as many holes as they they have between what we saw last year on the field and guys like Griffin and Anthony Harris being free agents, do you think there's a chance that they take take the risk of a wait-and-see policy of what can we get in the draft, what holes can we plug there, and then we'll talk about Everson Griffin if he hasn't signed somewhere else yet, or Anthony Harris if he hasn't signed somewhere else yet. Do you think that they might take that risk of we'll wait and see what to do with those guys and they might go elsewhere and we lose them? Yeah, I think no, they're not going to take a, a wait and see approach. And those are those guys are going to go off the board quickly anyway. Griffin, like, you think? Will? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think we're sitting there on on March thirtieth or April fifth, and Everson Griffin is still on the open market. Yeah, I mean, I think something. I mean, maybe it's him resigning here, but I don't think it's going to be weeks where he's just sitting there. March sixteenth, you said, Phil is mm-hmm. is when the legal tampering period begins, and mm-hmm. then guys can can sign contracts. What a couple days later, March eighteenth in the afternoon. Yeah, Rami, I do. I think we'll have Everson Griffin news shortly thereafter. Maybe not March 18th at 4 o'clock Central. It might be March 19th or March 20th. But yeah, I think soon thereafter we'll we'll have closure on on the Griffin. All right. Front. So, so Doogie, what is your prediction? There are there are like Xavier Rhodes is easy. You can just you could. It doesn't cost you much just to say goodbye to that contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would you guarantee or close to guarantee <clears throat> is gone or heavily restructured? In a couple weeks from now. Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph. G- gone, right? Well, I mean... They don't have any cornerbacks. Like They have like two cornerbacks. Correct. I mean, I so, guess on Linval, like, is he willing to restructure and take a pretty significant cut because he likes it here, because he feels like they're close? I mean, I can't necessarily rule out that possibility, but those would be the two contracts to keep an eye on. If they make moves on just merely those two guys, Rhodes and Joseph, they can create around $20 million in cap space. So those are the two yeah. logical moves. Also on Trey Waynes, so the Vikings are operating as if Anthony Harris goner. Now, it's entirely possible Trey Waynes is a goner, but I'm told, at least internally, they're not operating on the same wavelength as they are with Harris. There's mutual interest. Heck, there's mutual interest on Harris. There's mutual interest. Waynes in returning. The Vikings in re-signing Waynes. The issue there is... He is going to get paid. If you look at the free agent cornerbacks, whatever you think of Trey Waynes, it's not a great, it's not bad, but it's not a great free agent class. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make a case he's one of the three or four best cornerbacks available. Yeah, and those guys get paid. Those that's, guys get paid. But that's Correct. The, that's the problem, too, is he, he's going to get paid, and I don't know that the Vikings can afford with where they stand cap-wise to give him that payday and say, but next year we'll turn around and do this. Do you think there's any chance, just because I never I never dismiss Mike's guys completely because there's always the come back to Zim and we'll make things okay. You think there's any chance that Rhodes agrees in seeing how much he's declined, Doogie, to a restructure and they actually try and keep him because of, of what we're talking about, which is there is a very good chance that Waynes walks out the door and does not come back 
Alexander, the same thing. Mike Hughes broke his back. That's a vertebrae. So that's not really like a, oh, you got a little hamstring problem. You don't screw around with that. All of that being said, do you think that there's a chance that Xavier Rhodes actually could remain as a Viking just on a very different looking contract? Well, and let's not forget, too, on Hughes, ripped up his knee a year ago. So it's right. two years, two pretty significant injuries. Yeah, and one of them could keep, you know, you're not going to mess around with a broken back. I'm with you. And, I mean, at this point, there's no evidence to suggest that Mike Hughes can make it through a full season healthy. So, yeah, I mean, you need all sorts of help at the cornerback position. So, sure. Like, this time last year, I was sitting here, I think all of us were, and saying, Anthony Barr, gone, right? Like, no chance, Anthony Barr back. Look what happened. So, sure. Because that is one of Zim's guys. These guys like it here. I mean, they've got the Taj Mahal of practice facilities. There's a lot to like. Whether they're right or not, they do feel like, especially coming off the playoff victory in New Orleans, that they're pretty close. I happen to think the window is closing. It's not opening further. But internally, they feel like they can make another run in 2020. So, sure. I think what we know is Rhodes is not coming back at his current number. I think we can safely say that. So, the conversation surrounding Gopher basketball in the last 12 months has gone from 12 months ago Oh my God, Richard Patino might go and he might leave for Arkansas or some other job. You got to find a way to keep him, right? So now they have to scrap just to make the NIT. Because, because correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't get into the NIT if you're under 500, right? Is that a I hard and fast you. rule? No, it's not a hard and fast rule. Okay. Now, if you kind of go danger, back though. many, many years, here's where it's weird on the NIT. If you go back many, many years under the current format, they've never taken a team. That finished under 500, but there is not an official rule. So it's actually interesting. Okay. Could this be the year based on the Gopher strength of schedule? Moral victories. We're on. Ken under 500 team. Has them ranked? This could be. This could be historic where the NIT, Georgetown's in a comparable position where the NIT, whether it's Georgetown or the Gophers, ends up taking a team finally. That's under 500. But you're right. I mean, that's what we're debating. Can the Gophers make the NIT? Let's go. Come on. Let's fire it up. Be the first 13-win team to get to the NIT, baby. Make some noise. No? I can't wait for that ESPN 14 telecast. Can you guys? (laughs) So anyway, on Patino's future, I, I will be surprised. Based on what I've told you guys for a couple weeks, that somebody pretty high up the university food chain. This was before the Iowa debacle, the the game at the barn. Mm-hmm. But this individual told me he was led to believe Patino absolutely back. And I'm starting to get that vibe more and more. Okay. Without going into great detail. I just I, I will be I will be very, very surprised. How about that? I'll be very, very surprised. Multiple varies if Richard Patino gets fired. Are there any because I, I need to know what's behind door number two. Are there any obvious door number two candidates that there could be mutual interest in, whether it's this year or sometime in the next 15 months or so? Who's cutting the check? So to fire Patino, you need to pay him $2 million before May 1st. Yeah. Okay? So who's cutting that check? I mean, there's still many millions behind on paying off Athletes Village. There are some non-revenue sports over there who once again had to cut their budget for this year. So while you think because of the Big Ten Network and, and some other things that the that the Gophers Athletic Department is swimming in money, that is incorrect. Okay, so who's cutting the check? Now, could a corporation like Lando Lakes or somebody cut a check? I suppose. But I'm just saying, who's cutting the check to Richard Patino for $2 million? Then you cut that check, okay? 
Would Eric Musselman, the Arkansas coach, have interest? Absolutely. His buyout is $5 million. He just went to Arkansas. So, okay, you're cutting the check for $2 million to Patino. Then you're cutting Arkansas a $5 million check. Then, oh, by the way, to convince Musselman to leave Arkansas, you need to make him one of the three or four highest paid coaches in the conference. That would be roughly a six-year, $24 million deal. Roughly $4 million a year. Just tell me. Who is paying that money? And that buyout comes down to what next April? A year from April? One point seven five million. Okay. So I mean, that's what I've been saying. I mean, Mark Coyle either should commit to Patino for the next two years, yep, or cut the cord now. To me, it's one or the other. The, Don't make a move a year from now. The one thing that I will say is is the problem that Coyle uh, proved with football that he will go after is if interest in the program dwindles to a certain degree. He he realizes big picture. That's a lot of butts not in seats and, and a lot of people not watching. And I think that part of the reason why Tracy Clays was fired was if you guys recall late in that season when they went to the Holiday Bowl, correct? And they won the Holiday Bowl, that place largely emptied out. And I think Coyle looked around on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. It's like, okay, this is really bad for business. So I will say he showed, I think, a lot of, of smarts in that case. And Dukes, with that Maryland crowd, you did have to look around and say they're playing a top, what, 10 team in that game? And they announced 9,000. I'd say there was probably eight or something. So that would be the one thing to weigh is what is the actual interest in my program? And am I eroding my fan base to a degree where it's going to become not recoverable? How much of that? And I think that's a very good talking point. And I'm just saying he might be thinking that way. Undoubtedly, part of the reason he let go Clay's they won nine games that year under yeah. Tracy Clays. Part of the reason Clays was let go was exactly what you just laid out. Oh, by the way, were there that many more seats in the stands at TCF 2017 and 2018? Not really. So that circles back to how much of that is just college athletics as a whole. It's not unique to Gophers basketball or Gophers football. I just think as a whole. I mean, you can pick the the program you want. I mean, Alabama. For football wasn't selling out all its games. Alabama for basketball, I can tell you. And I mean, Anthony Grant, you know, built something up there pretty special and he's now a Dayton. You know, I mean, heck, they had Colin Sexton who kicked the Gophers butt, remember five on three a couple years ago. Alabama's got a decent basketball program. Nobody talks about it, but they have attendance issues. So I'm just saying how much of it is college athletics as a whole. And if you hire, you name the coach, Eric Musselman or Tim Miles, who clearly would have some interest. In fact, actually, Tim's going to be on with me next week, Score North Live. I think I'm filling in for you, Rami, a couple days next week. I was texting with Tim. He'll be on one day next week from the Big Ten Tournament. But, I mean, there's any number of guys who would have interest in the job. I told you last week, Mike Miller, former NBA player from South Dakota, lead assistant for Penny Hardaway at Memphis. Mike Miller would have all sorts of interest in this job. He's got two kids, by the way, that are really, really good, high major players. He would obviously get those two kids to play for the Gophers. I mean, there's any number of people that would have interest in the job. I just don't know where the money would come from. I'm operating as if Richard Pitino is going to be here next year. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Can we talk some twins? Do you guys have any more no, Gophers? Let, no, let's dive in. So yesterday, Christian Yelich gets a big extension. That's kind of a small market, paying big money to keep their superstar. Interesting, too. I mean, they're paying him big money for his, what, ages 36, 37? Yeah, I don't love the deal for the Brewers. seasons? I don't love that deal for the Brewers. But Derek had an article at scorenorth.com in the totally free Score North app. Did you know the app is totally free? No, what? Yeah, totally oh, free. Holy yeah, you can get it in the Apple and Google Play stores. For now. I know. Um, he had an article about 
arbitration eligible players who the Twins might consider extending. And there's there's a handful of candidates who it would it would make sense. It would be reasonable for them to do that. Do you know if there are any of those kinds of talks going on right now with any of those candidates? There's been some dialogue about a non arbitration eligible player, Nelson Cruz, about extending him really through next year, oh, which wow. would be his age what forty one season. So there's been a little bit of dialogue. July nothing, 40, yeah. nothing healthy, but there is there is mutual interest. Cruz wants to be here in 2021. The Twins would like Cruz here in 2021. I don't have any steam on Barrios or Buxton or any number of guys that, that are arbitration eligible. I can tell you some pre-arbitration guys have started to sign. I think the Twins will announce these moves in the coming days. I mean, I know that Randy Dobnak is done. Devin Smeltzer is done. Mitch Garver is done. That was the one that I was mm-hmm. most, I don't want to say concerned, interested in, I guess. Because he was so good last year, the system is screwed up. Like Mitch Garver, based on his production, is worth what do you think, Phil? Six million a year, eight million a well, year, twelve on, million wait, a year. On the open market, he's worth like fifteen or twenty million dollars. Yeah, year, I mean but... that position, the catcher position, mm-hmm. to do what he did last year offensively. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're right. Way more than six million a year. They got him in at six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Now, to the Twins' credit. <laughs> Major League Baseball's minimum salary for 2020 is five hundred and sixty-three thousand uh, dollars, and five hundred five hundred and sixty-three thousand five hundred dollars five six three comma five zero zero. So the Twins went what? I can't do the math quickly. Sixty grand or so over the minimum, which is pretty good. But yeah, Mitch Garver will play this year. I mean, that's absolutely a steal. And just that, so is, be, like, that is highway robbery I can for $620,000. But I can hear people in their cars right now listening on demand, whatever it is, saying, well, of course, the cheap poll ads can't can't go pay Mitch Garver. This is Mike Trout made $500,000, and then he made $500,000 when he was the MVP of the league because you, as a team, and the way that baseball is set up, you get to control the guy for a couple of years at, at five or $600,000, and then he gets to hit... Arbitration, three years, et cetera, et cetera. So this is this is a common practice across Major League Baseball, and it benefits the Twins and that they might get, and it's benefited them with several of these guys. Like Eddie Rosario was only making a million. Well, I mean, Louis Arise. I haven't looked up what the number is on him. I should have reached out and, and found out, but presumably he'll play at either the minimum five sixty three five or like five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. But think mm-hmm. about the production he provides. Mm-hmm. You know, even a guy like Dobnak, who I think may end up because he has options starting the year at AAA, inevitably he'll be up at some point. Heck, he was your game two ALDS starter, whatever yeah. you think of that. They thought him worthy of starting a playoff game at Yankee Stadium. He's making about the minimum. It's a broken system. I sure hope the Players Association My fixes this doesn't like with to hear the this. next collective, collective bargaining You know how that gets fixed, Dukes. Fire Rob Manfred. A summer off from baseball. Well, I don't oh. I don't know if there's Sorry, enough Rami. I don't know if there's enough people willing to do um, that. But I mean it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, I would hope that the owners would be okay with instead of waiting what I mean in the case of some guys based on the way they manipulate the the service time, some guys legitimately have to wait seven years right, it's ridiculous. to hit unrestricted free hey, agency for many of six. Cat fix it, that. Are we going to see Cat with D'Angelo Russell on the court again this season for the Wolves. Well, I mean, the Wolves would like that, Judd. They would. Well, so would Judd. In a perfect world, yeah, and so would I. But the issue is that Cat may need surgery. We'll know that soon. Yeah, I mean, he may need surgery on the wrist. And if he has surgery, that would be a season-ending surgery. Can I ask you a really simple question? Why don't we know that right now? Well, I don't... They've been trying to go the rehab route. He's He's been seeing multiple specialists. 
Hey, let's not forget, he first hurt the wrist on January 25th, home game against Oklahoma City. I'm going tonight. I'll tell Gerson personally, just have the surgery done. And then he played. Go ahead. And then he played for how many games (laughs) after that? He played multiple games after that. So where was the disconnect? Now, was it him just holding everything in? And that to me is interesting because a lot of people question Cat's toughness. In this case... He was playing multiple games with his wrist completely jacked up. Jimmy Butler would still be playing. Yeah. I mean, he probably would. He's playing left-handed. Probably. Was it Cat's right wrist? Jimmy would play left-handed. It is his what left wrist. No, right? well, left wrist. Whoa, whoa, he got the big, come on. He's, he's got, got the shooting hand. Sitting up with a left wrist. Come on. <laughs> All right, rapid fire. 60 seconds left. Go ahead, Doogie. What 60 else seconds. Clear what, out else? The what else did I write down here? There will be five NBA teams in Bloomington, Indiana tonight to watch Daniel O'Toole. There were seven at the Kohl Center on Sunday. I'll tell you this much. A Western Conference scouting director texted me the other day. Actually, I texted him. I just said, overall, just thoughts on Oturu. Texted back, lottery pick. Now, I don't think he goes lottery, but I can just tell you. There's so he's a scouting gone. director. He's, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, if he comes back and get his degree in three years, he's that far ahead in school. But yeah, he's gone. The Gophers are going to be rough next year. If that dude's not playing... Well, if he leaves, they have two scholarships to play with. Can they get Kerwin Walton of Hopkins? And, I mean, could they land either a Juco? They've got this Juco who played at North St. Paul for Damian Johnson. Good news, Capagle. He'll be at the game on Sunday. Trey Holloman, by the way, Creighton-Durham Hall point guard. Mm -hmm. He's a sophomore. Michigan State wants him. One of the best players in the country in the class of 2022. He will attend another Gophers game on Sunday. His mom played for the Gophers, so there is that connection. I can just tell you... You know, because a lot of people knock Patino for his for his recruiting locally, which I get. Trust me, there are examples like Dawson Garcia. Yeah, go ahead, knock Patino. He he didn't work that hard enough. I can just tell you though, Holloman, this Cretan kid, really likes Patino. The Gophers have a legitimate chance to land right. Trey Holloman. So it'll be another big recruiting day on Sunday when when Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska are are at the barn. What else did I write down? But yeah, Oturu, yes, I'm I'm pretty sure he's the money's too good. You don't turn that down. What else did I write down here? Yeah, I mentioned Capago and Holloman at the game. Uh, Go for football is interesting. The North Dakota State stud linebacker transfer, Jabril Cox. Issue there is everybody in the country wants this kid, future NFL player. He just wants to play at the highest level possible. So he's leaving the Bison. He's eligible right away. So, I mean, every school in the country wants this kid. You know, his former coach at North Dakota State's the head coach at Kansas State. This kid is a Kansas kid. So connect those dots, or does he end up in the SEC at LSU? Or Alabama. All but right. the Gophers do have some interest. Also, the local TV ratings on Sunday. Gophers-Badgers was number one locally. Wild Capitals was number two. The Twins-Rays exhibition game was number three. The Wolves-Mavericks game was number four. Number five was United against Portland. And also, I should mention, those are those are all cable ratings. Over the air, the PGA did very well. I forget what event it was last weekend. But the PGA would have slotted right behind Wild Capitals. This is a very good TV viewing market when it comes to the PGA. Yeah, I'm one of them. Just yeah. Sitting there in my mm-hmm. hushed tones. That hockey game was good stuff, though. That was a fun game. Yeah, Ovechkin special. You can find... Yeah. But, this. I mean, just back to Gophers interest, Judd, there you go. You know, I mean, there was a legitimate TV audience for that Gophers-Badgers game. Now, I get it. There's a lot of Badgers transplants, a lot of Badgers fans in this viewing market. But still, the fact that Gophers-Badgers beat every other sporting event on Sunday... There's enough people paying attention. That's Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News. You can find his Scoop podcast on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Dukes will catch you next Tuesday, 5 o'clock. Sounds right. good. Take it easy, All boys. Right, see ya. When we come back here, write that down predictions, gentlemen, and our weekly accountability session. Plus, we'll get to 
this Kevin Fiala discussion. Did the Wild finally find the top young stud scorer that we've been waiting for for a long time? But let's talk about Federated for a moment real quick. Federated insurance is all about peace of mind as a business owner. I've been a business owner in my life in the past, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, there are a lot of great highs, but there's a lot of great sort of in-the-mud moments. It's a it's a roller coaster, and you just want to make sure that when something bad happens to the company that you built, you want your insurance team ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. You need the frontline protection of Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They are ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business. Simply put, Federated succeeds, and they measure their own value by the success of your business. If you win, they win. All you have to do is go to federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries Federated protects and to find your Federated representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Yes, indeed, gentlemen. This is the segment every week where we mostly make asses of ourselves. We uh, unveil just how bad we are at predicting things, and we keep track of each other's batting averages throughout the season. I think we're the only sports talk show in the country that does this. New open. New guitar riff. Is this the first week we've played this? I think so. First I've heard it. We right played last week, yeah. Bluesy, huh? So we're classing things up here. Write that down. Rightfully bluesy. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Dan. Considering our batting averages. We actually don't have many things that have come off the board because we're kind of in this weird spot where we're waiting for NFL stuff. Yeah. The baseball season hasn't started yet. So the accountability session is a little bit light, but we'll go through the accountability session. Uh, we will bring listener Rob into the mix because every week on this segment, we bring a Mackie and Joe with Rami listener into the fold to represent the listener stable of predictions. And they've mostly just been, is it fair to say, listeners swinging for home runs? So this is your one shot at glory. Yeah, man, they're going for it. And you're swinging for a 550-foot bomb. Two weeks ago, the guy did not swing for home runs really much, but other than that, everyone has. Yeah, and I don't I don't even think listeners have anything off the board yet uh, that has resulted in a hit, but we'll go through the accountability session. Only two things came off the board. Nothing came off the board this week for Judd, nothing for Jonathan, nothing for Manny, nothing for Rami. You guys all escaped embarrassment here. I said at some point that Tony Romo will work for ESPN in 2020. I think I had one of those, too. It was a home run prediction where I would guess Kevin Harlan and Tony Romo would be the Oh, you ESPN did You did, that. I remember Dude, that. That's yeah. right. That was my dream pairing, and you oh, ripped it off and made the so home run good. prediction. That's right. i got to go back and find that, that now. I suppose when someone pays you $18 million, you're... Uh, you're probably good to just. Oh, I thought it was just seventeen. Yes, no. There was a, a there was a follow up report. We're up to eighteen that now. It was eighteen. It's did, a, you it's know a what? Ten year, one hundred. I would have given him thirty. I would have given him thirty year, whatever it takes to keep him. <laughs> what do you think about that, Robbie? One hundred eighty. That's ridiculous. I would have paid Judge Judy first if I'm Biacom. 
I'm done with That's it. just me. I'm done with Judge Judy. I had enough. <laughs> bring back Judge Watner, but he's brings, dead, so it'd be impossible. She brings eyeballs to TVs, Judge. <laughs> Tony Romo does not do that. Yeah, Jonathan's prediction officially was the Monday Night Football play-by-play booth next year would be Kevin Harlan and Tony Romo. So, that's not going to happen. I still liked it. That'd be an awesome booth, by the way. Kevin, All due respect to Jim Kevin Nance, Harlan but, should be a top television NFL play-by-play guy. Why is he not? I don't know. How long has he been around, by the way? Because I mentioned at the start of the show when we had the USA Hockey versus Mike Tyson debate, what was the bigger upset? I watched the uh, his highlight reel of his greatest knockouts, and I think one of them, Kevin Harlan, is on the call. But this had to be like thirty plus years ago. Do your do yourself a favor right now because you would not have grown up with this like I did. Joe was a little bit older, but Google. I don't know if I don't know if anything will pop up because it's old. But Kevin Harlan and Gus Johnson were the voices of Timberwolves basketball mm-hmm. in the nineteen nineties. Yep. Until Sean Grandy got there, it was ridiculous, and the Wolves were terrible. But Kevin Harlan would just like test out material during these Wolves games. Tom Gugliotta would, would knock down a 15 foot jump shot. Googly, oogly, oogly, baby! Sam I am! The best was rookie Kevin Garnett dunking over, I don't know if it was like the Rockets or somebody, and KG just hammers down this emphatic dunk, and, and Kevin Harlan just goes. With no regard for human life. Yeah, he brought that through his TNT days, too. And he yep. would do the J.R. Ryder, the buckle up when somebody would yes. go, be going for a jam. Yep. So we had Kevin Harlan and Gus Johnson and a mostly terrible Gus was the only play-by-play guy for, what, a year or two? One year, yeah. yeah. Yep. Real quick, dudes are terrible. Because I went to Google Kevin Harlan, and you know how Google will finish your search for you? Daughter. Kevin Harlan yeah. daughter yeah. is oh, the number one search. Yeah, she's married to um, Sam, Sam Decker. Decker. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not shocking. I mean, guys <laughs> but she's are, a tev- she's a TV personality herself. Yeah, but that's not yeah. why guys are googling Kevin. So Harlan maybe they just daughter. have respect for what she does. You guys are so creepy. She is a respected journalist, and people appreciate that in their Google searching. Rami, I don't know what you're. Well, and the only other prediction to come off the board, listeners here, Mike predicted. This was a multi-part parlay, and all I'm reading is the first part. He said neither the Wolves nor the Wild would win 30 games this season. Well, the Wild are hot, and they've won 33. Do you remember when when we thought there was no question that the Wolves wouldn't be that good, but they would be better than the Wild? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, it's, yeah. Are the Wild in playoff position right now? They're point back. Okay. Of of the eighth and final playoff spot. They're going to make the playoffs, I think. So with that, the batting averages after, uh, let's see, almost about two months of write-that-down predictions here, I still have a lead at 357. Rami and Jonathan are tied at 308. Mm-hmm. Manny is batting 300. Judd at 250. And the listeners are still sitting with zero hits on the season. We also measure home runs. There's only been two correctly predicted home runs, both of them by slugger Jonathan Harrison on the I season so far. Sounder. Well, you love the Price is Right sounder? Oh, it's so great. That's because you got used to it last year. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Pretty much. Damn. No, it's true. It's true. Although Manny, Manny is off to a really good wow. start this year. You have to take that, Manny. Ouch. Savage. Hey, listen, let's settle it on the right yeah. that down playing field. Let's settle it on the right that down playing field. Let's bring in Listener here if I can work these new phones. Uh, listener Rob, welcome to the show. You are representing the pool of Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners. Are you ready to swing for the fences or are you going to drop some bunts down? What's your strategy? <laughs> Pressure's on here. I better uh, come up with something good. Are you just are you just winging this completely, or what's your Rami your style? Deal? 
I'm going to be completely honest. I forgot about this until Jonathan called about five minutes ago. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) One of the greatest thrills of Rob's life. (laughs) Write that down. How excited are you to be on the Mackie and Joe with Robbie show? I just woke up. I have no idea. (laughs) Jonathan who? (laughs) And I ruined it. All right, so you, uh, uh, well, whether you're prepared to take swings or not, put your uniform on because you're in the batter's box and you're going to start us off right now. Write this down. We'll start with Rob. We'll go around the room to Judd, Jonathan, Manny, Rami, myself, three rotations. Let's do it. First prediction, Richard Pitino will not be fired by the Gophers this offseason. All right. So Doogie and Rob Doogie. are on the same page mm. with that. Over to, Ju- over to Judd here. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. In the quarterback carousel, Teddy Bridgewater will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' starting quarterback next season. He will sign with and be the starter for the Tampa Bay Bucks and Bruce Arians. Love it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Jonathan, the reigning batting champion. All right, to counter Rob here, one of my predictions, Richard Pitino will not be the head coach of the Gophers basketball team starting next season. Write this down. Yeah. I mean, if honestly, if they're losing Daniel Laturu... It wouldn't even really shock me if Patino wanted to call it a good seven-year run and go coach somewhere else. But I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, That's why I didn't say he's fired. one of the best players in the Big Ten. We've got good news, Richard. You're coming back. You know, Mark. Peace out. I'm good. I'm good. Actually, I'm good. I'm good. All right, Manny Hill. Over to you. Daniel Oturu will be a lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Write that down. It might he, be the end of the lottery. It might be like 13th or 14th, and but not he will only, be a lottery pick. Not only would he be the first lottery pick, he'd be the first draft pick go for basketball player since Chris Humphreys in what, 2004? It would have been 04, yeah. So it's been it's been 16 years since really? the Gophers had a player drafted. Remarkable. I mean, they really like that. Vincent Greer, I think, got some run a couple years later with the Heat, but he didn't get drafted. And uh, Amir Coffey is on the roster for the Clippers, but he also did not get drafted. So, yep. all right, Rami. Write this down. It's on you. Going to go back to the debate we opened the show with. Write this down. Cam Newton will have more wins in 2020 than Tom Brady. Cam Newton will win more football games in 2020 than Tom Brady. Write that down. I love the double down. Love it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Just to clarify, are we counting postseason? Sure. Okay. Count the postseason. We're counting postseason on that prediction. Uh, I am going with an all-quarterback, write-that-down slate of predictions. Write it down. You like writing things down. And I've got one for Teddy. I've got one for Cam. I think I'll start with the Cam one just because Rami made his Cam Newton prediction. And and if, if my prediction happens, at least the first part of it, you'll be even happier because it'll benefit you as a mm-hmm. Bears guy. Cam Newton, write this down, will play for the Bears in 2020. And the Bears have already said, hey, we're looking for kind of a veteran guy to put behind Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, that could mean one of two things. I think it means they're looking for a veteran guy that could, maybe they could buy low on that could be the starter. But the second part to the parlay is Cam will throw at least 12 interceptions with the Chicago Bears next season. Right. Write it down. You like writing things down. I would love for the Bears to get Cam. I don't think they will because he won't settle for a come compete for the job type of position. And maybe by the time the Bears explore all the conversations that they're going to explore, maybe it turns into, actually, you're just going to come in and start. I really start. don't think they're going to do that. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying I really don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. So who like who are the veteran quarterbacks that they would look to bring in then? I actually have a list. <laughs> they brought up Case Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum's name came up. Andy Dalton. But, like, what's the point of These that? are the guys, because, and we brought we talked about this on Score North Live today, weekdays, noon to two. You can go and listen to it on the Score North app. Um, 
it looks like, for the first time that I can ever remember, there are more established starting quarterbacks available via trade and free agency than there are actually teams looking for a quarterback via trade or free agency. So this is going to be a game of musical chairs, and there's going to be two, maybe three guys who are going to be left out and have to settle for either a backup job or come compete for the job type of role. The the guys who stand out to me as the latter, who the Bears would be interested, are Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and maybe Jameis Winston, if somebody doesn't give him a starting okay, job. that would be super fun. Jameis Winston, <laughs> Windy City, just throwing the, throwing the ball around. 35 picks. <laughs> and be amazing. Possibly up. Derek Carr. Which one of those... Well, Derek Carr would be number one on that list, right? Yeah, I don't know if he takes a role like that. He's just the starting quarterback. If I'm Derek Carr and I go into Chicago and they tell me I have to compete with Mitch Trubisky, I'm I'm flipping them the bird and saying goodbye. Yeah, so it's probably Dalton Foles or Jameis. And Dalton gets the role. Probably. Jameis might have to compete. I've seen reports they already inquired about Andy Dalton. Interesting. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to listener Rob. Go ahead. Judd, you took my Teddy prediction, so I'm going to go with uh, Tom Brady will be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. Solid. Okay. Yep, that's what. That's kind of where the I feel like the fun. winds are blowing toward Tennessee now. Great fun. Write this down. Back to Judd. Oh, speaking of the Bears, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and Mitch Trubisky will not be employed by the Chicago Bears after the 2020 season. Everybody <laughs> goes. They're turning this into a gong show. Like, why would you? Here's They're my all question. Out. All right, let's go back to this Bears conversation. For sure. A second, okay. Yeah. I just gave right. you three guys, though, man. That's a Dude. home run right there. Yep, it is. That, and that's I would say it's likely. It is a home run, but it's also pretty likely. Sure, so, Porch. So if you're the Bears, to me, either go all in on Mitch Trubisky or in one of the most amazing off-seasons of quarterback availability, and even like, like Cam Newton, even though I disparaged him an hour ago on the show, or go get the next guy. Go get a guy that can help you. Don't play this well. We're going to go, eh, like go get an actual quarterback. You could you could draft. You could. This trade is up. very much like the ponder thing, though. You remember that? Is he the guy? I mean, he might be the guy. He's not the guy. Right. He's just not the guy. You just give if up. Three years in, you're wondering. You learn as Vikings fans can attest to. You just write this down. Cut the court. All right. Back to Jonathan. Uh, sticking with Tom Brady. Tom Brady will sign with the team within the first two days of the free agency window opening, not the tampering window, the actual window itself. So on March 18th or 19th, yes, is what you're saying. So sign quickly; it won't be drawn out. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you'd want to drag it out, would you? Because if if you drag he's it talking out, too much, to te- he's talking to teams right now. I yeah, mean, for sure. That could be write this down within hours. Back to Manny. Go a little bold with this one. The Washington Football Team will draft Tua Tungavailoa. In the uh, 2020 NFL draft, I like it. I don't even think it's that bold. I think it's smart. If you're Washington, yep, you know, just that head coach and that, the next that new years. GM. They didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. They don't have to be. But Daniel, to him. the problem with Daniel Snyder is he did. Yeah, he drafted Dwayne Haskins. That's the problem. Is he's he's so off his rocker. <laughs> Seriously, I don't trust. Like, if this made sense, Manny, that prediction's perfect. But then again, think about it. It is Tua. Yeah. It, it's it's, hey, a, it's the biggest you. name in college football coming yep. out. I mean, Daniel Snyder, he might just say, you know what? Yeah, because he does like to do stuff like that, too. He does like those splashes. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Rami Makhlouf. I just saw a tweet, actually, come across my timeline about the prediction I was just about to make. It's from Sporting News NFL, and they say, this Tom Brady to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Pats trade rumor is peak NFL offseason. Was that not to pat my own back or toot my own horn? Was that anywhere before I threw that conspiracy theory out yesterday on this very show? 
Was uh, any, Tom Curran Tom had to gone the 49ers, on. people had kind of speculated on that, but the whole Jimmy back to the Patriots? I don't know if the second part has been... I'm taking credit for it, Okay, is what I'm saying. That's fine. And I'm doubling down on that yesterday. Tom Brady will be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and parlay Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback wow. of the New England Patriots in 2020. Wow. Quick yes, question. I love it. Write Quick this question. down. If that falls apart, and and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch call the TCO Performance Center and say, Rick, flat out, Kyle has a man crush on Kirk Cousins. He loves him. Kirk Cousins will accept a trade, almost certainly, to go play for his guy, Kyle. We will do some type of swap, Jimmy G to the Vikings. I'd do it. Yeah, if you're you asking, would you rather have Jimmy G or Kirk I'm Cousins? Saying, I'm just saying, Kyle Shanahan still wants... If if he can't get if they don't get Brady, I think deep down he longs for Kirk. Um, I just don't, I need to know more about like what because because the the Niners would be on the hook for like four and a half million dollars in dead cat money. You'd have to be traded. It. Like what are the Vikings on the hook for? I guess with Kirk. That's Cousins. what we would need to know. But let's say you could work it out. If you can work it out, I'd go with the younger guy, I'll the guy it. who has shown right. he has he has more fourth quarter comebacks in him, like right. a guy who's won some bigger games. Just saying, I don't think he's the solution to all your problems either. But I think Jimmy, Gar- I think Kirk Cousins has kind of shown you his ceiling. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo has because he hasn't started as many games. So that would be uh, write this down. Be really interesting. Like there's going to be things that happen. Like all this speculation right now, there's going to be things that happen in the next two or three weeks that we haven't even thought of yet. Teams that are linked to players and like, oh my gosh. But write this down. I had Brady to the 49ers on my list too, so I'm gonna I have to add something to it here just to not copy Rami's prediction. I'm gonna take the Garoppolo part off. I'm gonna say Tom Brady, write this down, will play for the 49ers in 2020, and the 49ers will win a Super Bowl. So yep. so Brady to the Niners, Niners win a Super Bowl. Yep. That's a home run prediction, right? If those things happen. I just gave you And counters my Cam sure. Newton prediction that he'll win more games than Tom Brady. If Brady wins the Super Bowl, I'm almost certainly wrong. Well, I mean, if let's say Brady, maybe maybe uh, maybe Cam goes and plays in the AFC. Maybe Cam goes to the. It's possible. Maybe Cam I'm goes saying, to the Patriots. I'm all, almost certainly wrong. Dude, if Brady wins the Super Bowl, how about Cam to the Patriots? Oh, if, he'd if win. Brady all signs he'd, elsewhere. He'd go sixteen and <laughs> that'd be fun. All right, back to listener Rob. This is your last swing here, Rob. Go ahead. All right, wild swing here. Josh Donaldson will hit a home run in his first official at-bat at Target Field on April 2nd while I'm drinking a beverage in center field. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Love it, Rob. And not wearing a shirt. Love it. Why did, why did you well, have to add that? Let's, yeah, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice job, Rob. Uh, on short notice for you, we appreciate it. All right, back to Judd Zolgad here, your final prediction of the week. Write this down. All right. The Vikings will reach an agreement on a trade for an offensive lineman before the new league year opens. Okay. So they will do what uh, Denver and Carolina did today. Or, uh, yeah, they'll they'll have, I'm sorry, the Chargers in Carolina. The point being is they're going to reach a, probably a guard, but I'll, I'll just keep it open-ended. They'll acquire, there will be a report, an offensive lineman before the new league year on March 18th opens, and the deal will then be consummated after that. Okay, and like a starting caliber. I mean, not not you don't have to go on the record with that, but like a starting is that your idea here? Yeah, get like yes, a starting... yes. It'll be probably a replacement. My guess is it'll be a replacement for Elfline because I don't think they have the money to go out and sign somebody big. But you could make a trade. Okay, write it down. It. You like writing things down. Write this down. Jonathan Harrison. 
Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota United with this one. Luis Amaria, he scored a goal on Sunday in Minnesota United's 3-1 win, which you heard right here on Score North. He will be in the top three in scoring in MLS this season. So he'll probably have to score around 25-plus goals to be there. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And back to Manny. Can't believe I'm going to say this with full conviction, but um, the Timberwolves will beat the Bulls by at least 10 points tonight. Wow, a double-digit win for the Timberwolves. <laughs> no, no Zach Levine. The Bulls are banged up and injured, and they hate their head coach. <sighs> How long have the Bulls hated their head coach for? Oh, well, since... Like uh, two years? No, since they fired Tom Thibodeau. I mean, different coaches, but they've, yeah, they hated, they, Fred they, they've hated every one of them. Yeah, yep. they haven't liked any of them. <laughs> it's hilarious. Why did Fred leave Iowa State? That was the perfect job for Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. He had he the won, perfect... He coach in the NBA. I know, but he could have called anybody, Man, he's going to force my hand, man. Is it my turn? It is, is it your my turn. turn. This is your final prediction. <laughs> Write this down. I mean, if Manny is going to show that kind of confidence in his terrible NBA franchise Uh-oh. that he's spent his whole life rooting for, I feel like I should do the same and say the Bulls will beat the Timberwolves by at least 10 points wow. tonight. That's right. Amazing. That's right. We both have write, down, write that down predictions <laughs> on a totally meaningless NBA game in March. Fire up the leave, music. Who's going to leave Write the it Bulls down. You like writing tonight. things down. Uh, Kobe White. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Is that on the record? Is that part of the prediction? No, absolutely not. All right, final prediction of the week here. Right this down. Win, baby. Here we go. Write this down. Teddy Bridgewater will sign with the New England Patriots. Whoa! After t- and this, the second part is not part of the prediction, but after Tom Brady signs with the, the 49ers and there's musical chairs, you'd like to think that Garoppolo would wind up back with the Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater will be the Patriots starting quarterback. Uh, so that's a wrap on Write That Write Down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Rob, listener, Rob, we appreciate you. Hang in there. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. This All right. awesome. All right. I, I thought he might be gone. <laughs> I, I was like, peace out, guys. <laughs> I checked like, out first. Rob opted in to write that down a couple weeks ago and uh, and forgot about it. If you want to be a guest listener that's participant, so you can actually go and download the Score North app. If you haven't already, just go to Listener Rewards inside the Score North app. And you can register to either call in or be in studio to make your predictions here in this segment on Write That Down. Uh, we'll come back and let's dive into this Kevin Fiala discussion. I mean, the Wild, it's been mostly a garbage season, but they've gotten hot lately. Have they stumbled into a star they can build around? We'll also wrap with Royce when we come back here to the TCL studios. All right, we're going to come back here with some more wildly entertaining Mackie and Jeb with Rami. But let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And, you know, I've, I've been going to this same place since I turned 16 years old, 2001. And uh, I'm not oblivious. I see all kinds of other car dealerships, service departments. Judd thinks I'm oblivious, but, like, for other reasons. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. other reasons. And uh, I haven't thought twice about going somewhere else because I get everything I need. I get durable vehicles. I get great service. I get, when I'm in there for an oil change or other maintenance, I get one of the best customer lounges in the Twin Cities, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, go to the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, to find out this month's specials and to also take a look at some of the brand-new 2020 vehicles with upgraded technology. You've got Apple CarPlay that connects basically connects your phone to your car, makes it into a smartphone. You can tap any audio app you want. Listen to the Score North app, maybe. I don't know. It's free to download. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 
Johnson here with the Score North download. You can join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United at the San Jose Earthquakes. Pre-game at 6.30 p.m., kickoff at 7 p.m. right here on Score North, scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. I believe it was you, Judd Zalgad, who had Teddy Bridgewater going to Tampa Bay and write that down. Yes. Here's why Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football thinks that's a genius idea. I look at Teddy Bridgewater, who to me is the complete opposite, the polar opposite of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is this big-armed guy who's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to win you some games, but he's also going to hurt you at times. Teddy might not have the the arm or the cannon of, of Winston, but he just wins games. And it's a lot of ball control, but it's also a lot of leadership. And if I'm Tampa Bay specifically, if Jameis walks out that door, I'm really intrigued by Teddy because what Teddy brings is a maturity, a leadership, and a ability to run your team where you're not going to lose games because of Teddy Bridger. I went 5-0 and last year for the, New, for the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, now everyone's saying, is he a starter? Is he a backup? Is he a top-10 quarterback? I believe Teddy Bridgewater deserves a chance to start in this NFL again, and I think Tampa Bay would actually make a lot of sense if they move on from Jameis. So, Judd Zolgad apparently will be working at NFL Network sometime soon. Uh, that means I have to lose weight and dress better. It's not going to work. <laughs> I'm busy. They have a weight limit on NFL Network? I think they're like skinnier guys. They line. And they Over definitely... I mean, Peter Schrager's not... Like he's not exactly sporting an eight pack underneath. He dresses that dress better shirt. than I do. Yeah, I don't think you have to be in great shape. Well, it's not like you'll be the one dressing. They'll provide the. the yeah, they'll clothes. put they'll put makeup on. We'll you. check with Pelicero. If if things come up to my specs, I'll Pelicero. do it. Pelicero. I mean, I love Pelicero. You know, Pelicero's not exactly rocking. You know, flat stomach either. Okay, he's a pretty slight guy. Does Pelicero? Are you saying this? Are you, are you saying you're sort of fat? Are we still in the download right now? No, you got. We're just done. Okay. <laughs> Well, past done. No, we in the download. I, I know he sort of called him fat. We asked. Uh, he I think just, he did. No, he just said he was much I, more fit than us. Yeah. He's not the picture of physical fitness. I think <laughs> is all Phil is saying. You can not be fat and still, you know, not be the picture of physical fitness. We asked Tom if he wears <laughs> pants while he's on TV, only being shot from the waist up. Did we ever ask him if he dresses himself, or are those suits we provided haven't. by NFL Network? Because I think you, I think you're responsible for your own wardrobe. Yeah, I think I, I think you have to buy your own stuff. They probably recommend. They they might style you, but they're probably sure. not. I don't know. You can, you can write those suits off, though. I mean, if you're on TV for a living, you can probably write mm. the suits off. Yeah. So they might pick his wardrobe. That's a good point, Rami. We should find out. We should. Hmm. Anyhow, and Cryer comes out. back the other way. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala puts to the middle. Wait, scores. <laughs> Goaltender basically had no chance, but look at I mean, this is it's like going to a movie. You just watch a little play, a little fake, goodbye, you're gone. So last night, another victory for the Minnesota Wild. This one, a big one over Nashville, three to one, and they've now won six of their last eight games. They are now 33, 26, and seven on the season. As Judd mentioned last segment or a couple segments ago, they are just one point back of a playoff spot. And Kevin Fiala, 23 years old. He's had potential in his, what, four years in the NHL to this point. Uh, but we're seeing everything breaking out right now. The last month of NHL play, 15 games, 21 points for Kevin Fiala, 12 goals, 11 assists. So Judd Zilgad, to what degree is this a nice little hot stretch for a good player? We've seen hot stretches from young wild players before. Mm-hmm. To what degree is this a nice little hot stretch for Kevin Fiala versus, no, this dude is reaching... A new level. This is a new level as a superstar player, and he is coming into his own, and he is going to change the franchise. 
I think skill-wise, we are watching the, right now, probably second-best talent as far as skating and puck handling ability that I've seen next to Gabrick, and he might be about to eclipse him. He's that good. Wow. Wow. He is. He is. I mean, Gabrick at his best when he was healthy was one of the top of five or six offensive hell players of player. in the league, right? But the indictment about that statement, so that's the good news. The indictment about that towards the Wild franchise, because, you know, keep in mind, Phil, how many times do we have conversations about, it looks like Granlin's doing this and is he going to turn the corner? It was always this, is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. With Fiala now, we've seen quite a roll of it happening. He scored another just crazy goal last night. He scored one last week in Detroit. And the indictment towards the franchise, though, is very simple. This franchise came into the league in 2000, 2001. We lost the 2004-05 season to a lockout. Besides that, they've been playing hockey full-time since then. And I just told you that I think this guy is maybe about to eclipse Gabrick as the greatest player talent-wise in team history. Think about that. And that all goes back to the fact that you didn't draft well or that, that because you had some success right away, you didn't get high draft picks for a long time. So the good news is Paul Fenton might have been really, really poor with people skills and it got him fired. But when it came to his obsession with Fiala, he was dead on. And Granlin played last night for the Predators and he took two penalties and he was typical Granlin, which is not a bad player. But Fiala does things that are special, that are hard to find, and are the type of things that the Wild has been looking for. Because we're not talking about, oh, he works really hard, or or he's a great Olympic player. We're talking about a guy with just flat-out God-given ability. That's this kid. So if you're right about him, if if we're talking about a Marion Gabrick level star and and you'd like to cross your fingers and hope that he doesn't have the health issues and the injury issues that Marion Gabrick had 15 years ago... If you're right, what does it mean for the franchise? It means Kaprasov comes over n- next year and also is a sniper. And n- now he's coming from the KHL, so this is not a given. But the KHL is a professional league, so this not this guy's not coming from junior hockey where you're like, ah, he's really good at junior hockey, but can he take that step? He's playing against adult players in a professional league that's not the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. but it's probably the next step down. It's a good league. Kaprasov is a dynamic player. What this means is if you have Fiala and Kaprasov, and now if you can get them, and this is the most important thing, and this is akin uh, conversation-wise to starting pitching in baseball, centers. They, Yul Eriksson-Eck is a nice second or third line type of guy, but he's a hard worker. Is it a soft J in his first name now? Yeah, I believe we quit with Joel, and now it's Yule. It's pretty good, too. I like it. But anyway, he's a second or third line center. What you don't have, and ideally he's third, what you don't have is you don't have the type of center that that you would like to put with a guy like Kaprasov or Fiala. And if you do with uh, Fiala, watch out. Because this guy right now is creating for himself a lot. If you get him with a guy who can make plays, this is going to rebound really quickly. I yeah, think. I'm sort of torn on this because, number one, I'm, I guess on one hand, it's great that they finally have uncovered something with a young player. They've been, it's been, you know, Parisi Suter came in, and uh, and Koivu's been here for what decade and a half, and you've and you had that group, and you were just wanting a guy to break out for so long to yes. join that group, and it's like they have one now, right? But those guys are all too old, right? And those guys are all thirty five, and they were just trying to trade Zach Parisi a week Stahl, and a half ago at the Stahl's, deadline. Uh, Stall is the center for Fiala right now, and he's too old too. Yeah, he's also in his thirty thirties. Yeah. So, but but really, I mean, this is but this guy right now is the most dynamic uh, of the four major men's sports. Twins aren't playing yet. 
I would say that Kevin Fiala has bypassed Cat um, as the guy who I perceive as the, as a superstar potentially in this town. Why did he just start playing this well four weeks ago? It actually started before that. He was always so he's the type of guy that that probably had or definitely had some defensive deficiencies to his game, and in 2020 that gets you that gets you demoted quickly. And I think he started to get it as far as what was going to be required on both ends of the ice. So he actually started, he went from Boudreaux's doghouse to Boudreaux played him more because the realization is his talent overcomes his deficiencies probably. So I would say that his actual, while the point production in the time period that you just gave us is accurate, started to play better before that. But it's also the chicken or the egg of, well, then he gets confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then once he has confidence, he's going to play better and he's probably going to do more. Uh, but that's why you need to take a guy like this and Donato. This is why I've always, especially in hockey, been into trying to empower players because you're going to get their most. You're going to get the most from them and find out about them when when they're empowered. I don't think this constant. Well, now you're on the fourth line and now you're not playing. I think some people that helps. I think the majority of guys, though, what helps them is to empower them and then have expectations for what you expect. Yeah, is Kevin Fiala the type of player? That's going to put butts in the seats at the excellent. Not that not that like they've needed help for twenty years. And but they, like, is he, they is did he, last night though. They didn't have a full house there last night. Uh, go back and watch the goal he scored in Detroit last week. Or the goal he scored mm-hmm. last night. He will put butts in seats. The goal he scored last night was ridiculous. So this is what he said after the game. In my opinion, I knew we we were going to go out there and and uh, do that. You know, so it's uh, it was just a matter of timing. I mean, I waited for this game, and obviously it's such a big game, so it was even more exciting against those guys to to show, you know, what we got, and uh, we did it. That's his old team, so. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's not not the type of guy who's going to electrify you with his quotes, but he's so good you don't care. I felt electrified listening to that, though. I I fell out of my chair. Just go out and do, you know, just excited. Just go out and give your best, you guys. (laughs) That's all you can do. Play 60 minutes, heart, both ends of the ice. I love hockey players. You know, uh, they work just, uh, hard to be put pucks in the zone and uh, yeah. get on our forecheck and uh, you know, get pucks deep. Pucks just get, deep. get pucks on net. Stalzy, Stalzy did a great job with me last uh, night. Get to get pucks on net from good angles, and uh, you know, the boys skated hard. The boys skated hard. <laughs> I love the boys. <laughs> hockey, boys hockey hard. verbiage, <laughs> hockey quotes are the greatest. <laughs> you know, we're just trying hard, guys like Spurgey and Suits and Stalzy. We're all just working hard. You know, Alex is. Uh, is real committed, um, really sound. Um, you know, just uh, doesn't isn't trying to do too much. He's calm, uh, very calming effect for our group. Um, for a guy that can get very excitable, um, it, but uh, you know, he's he's obviously done a, a great job. Done his job. I love it. Hockey quotes are awesome. Man. <laughs> hey, Pat. That's the new guy. That's Dean Everson. Yes. Mr. Excitement, Dean Everson. I hadn't heard him before. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. More where that came from. <laughs> that's it, huh? That's that's the good stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was... At least when Rocco says nothing, he says it with enthusiasm. <laughs> right? No, I mean, no, when he Alex tells you is, nothing, uh, he tells you it with enthusiasm. Um, really sound, um, you know, just uh, doesn't, oh, isn't trying to. I'd rather shovel elephant crap in the circus than cover that. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable.
Have you ever shoveled elephant crap in the, in the circus, Pat? No, no, I haven't. But I've heard people refer to it as a bad job. I don't know. In fact, when I did the piece on uh, Ed Orgeron and was talking to his buddy uh, when they used, you know, they grew up with where they their summer job was shoveling shrimp. I mean, 14, 16 hours a day, 100 degree temperatures, 10 foot high piles and I told that guy, I used to say, if somebody asked me what kind of job I had, they'd say, well, it beats shoveling elephant dung in the circus. Now I'm going to say it beats shoveling shrimp in Louisiana. They started telling me about that job as bad as they would stink at the end of the day, you know. So, anywho. Pat, on a minute-for-minute basis, and all, of all the guys that you've covered, who said the most while saying the least, if that makes any sense? Oh, boy, I'd have to think about that for a while. They're, 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 that's a good question. Let me think about it. I'll give you an answer uh, next time I talk to you. I'll, uh, the, the greatest uh, non... You know who's pretty damn good? Spielman. He yeah, says well, a lot. He, he says a lot. He's an artist. says anything. That's right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Especially that draft preview section. Isn't that the greatest? That that one's coming up here again. Sure. Oh, heck Yeah. Every TV station will be there. There'll be three guys from every website, and he'll say, well, we might trade and we might not. We might trade up. We might trade down. The phone's been ringing a lot, okay? The phone's ringing. The phone's ringing. Ringing right now. The phone is always ringing. So when the other 31 teams are listening in and they want that draft choice, they better call right now because the phone's ringing, baby. (laughs) Where are they drafting this year? Where are they drafting? 25th. Oh, well, <laughs> you can either go down or up from there. Man. You could. You can either trade it out. Of, we can, we can uh, with their cap things, they might uh, go for, uh, they might go for two second rounders. Huh? Are there any, are there any quarterbacks in this draft that you would pull a Kansas City Chiefs or say a, like, a, like what Mike Dicka did to get Ricky Williams <laughs> in the late nineties? Are there any quarterbacks that you would say, all I right. think I would not, I wouldn't give you eight guys, but I'd give you your first three rounds for either of the first two guys. I would too. Yeah. Burrow or, uh, or Tua. Probably Tua before. I think Tua is more athletically gifted, but then again, he's got the injury problem. But I'd take either one of them. I'd give you the first three rounds for either one of them. It's, Plucky. Yeah. Plus, you could have Kirk, too, and then I'd start playing the kid. So, yeah, I, I would take either one of those guys. So. Yeah. So what um, what have we learned in the first couple weeks of Twins playing actual uh, spring training baseball games down there in Fort Myers, Pat? We learned that uh, spring training, uh, we get to see less of the real guys than we ever have because uh, now they bring, now in addition to having that bottom, those 20 invites that you bring, mm-hmm. you also have 12 guys coming over from the minor league camp every day and uh, the list. But uh, what we've learned is, I think we've learned, even though he hasn't played much, the shortstop to me looks really good, Polanco. Now he's gonna, you know, he was the All Star, and then he, he had the bad ankle. He, he's gonna bounce a couple over here and there, but uh, that left side of the infield is gonna be a lot better. I still haven't found out if Miguel can scoop a baseball or not, but uh, that that could be a hell of an infield if Miguel can scoop a baseball because they. Everyone is all in on the second baseman. They, I, I've said that before, but nobody thinks that was a three-month, uh, 
you know, three months, uh, wow, is he good, and then he won't be. They don't think he's Louis Rivas, let's put it that wow. way. The, the, they, they think this guy is going to be, you know, Louis Rivas looked like a hell of a player, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, this kid, uh, I mean, they love him. So after that, it's, uh, you know, it's, and you know what? I'm not I'm worried about the starting pitching. I'm really not. I, they got This is the kiss of death. You've no, had, you, honest to God. I mean, eventually, okay, you want, you know, you're going to, you know, somebody's going to have to be really good. Uh, but, you know, Barrios can, can be really good if they can get him away from the August swoon. And they got seven guys. I like the fact that they're starting, you know, even with Rich Hill and Pineda not ready to go. They got six, seven guys they can pitch. If some guys, you know, if Homer Bailey stinks, okay, you know. Let Dobnik make the start every This guy, I love this guy. 31 pitches and three innings. Yeah, he just throws it over. He's the... He's the Williams Ostadio of pitching. <laughs> you know, if you had those two guys to get, if you had nine of those, if you had three of those pitchers and nine of those players, baseball games would last an hour and thirty-four minutes. It'd be fantastic. How do we find more? I don't know. <laughs> you make Judd a scout. That's how. How do we you find know, these guys? He only you brings know, up the guys who work the fastest. You know, the Dobnik thing is an unbelievable story, and it's hard to get the miserable effort against the Yankees when he was terrified out of out of your mind. But the guy was pretty damn good uh, when he got the chance to pitch, and he just throws it over, and he's got pretty good stuff. I, I, think, he'll, I think he'll be the fifth starter uh, when the season starts. I, I think he's... Uh, you know, he, he's got a breaking ball that they have a hard time hitting, and he throws. He's one of the last of the great sinker ball, not the great, but one of the guys who totally up, uh, relies on the sinker. Not too many guys left like that anymore. I saw Dan on Homer Bailey. I saw Dan Hayes from the Athletic tweeted something today about. I don't. I didn't see which pitch it was, but that that he that there was a pitch that he threw last year that opposing hitters hit like one sixty off of. And uh, so he, like, found a pitch in his repertoire last year that changed his profile well, as a pitcher. And we know that you know that uh, if that's the case, the Twins will have him through. In other words, it will be the Martin Perez cutter of the first three months last year, yeah. right? They will, whatever the pitch is, they will emphasize it. Uh, now, there's a guy. You could have him and uh, Dean Evison could have a quote contest, and it might come out as a tie. He's uh, he and Homer he's Bailey. Homer Bailey. Yeah, Homer's. I think he likes horses. I, I saw Lavelle had something a couple of weeks ago. He loves horses. He rides horses all the time. Just a farm guy. Well, Bumgarner too. We never talked about that Bumgarner story. Isn't that the damnest story of all? It's pretty amazing. Time? Yeah, he, he, had, he had, I, I still think he's making it up. I can't believe it's true, even though they show his video. It's unbelievable. Doesn't it violate his contract to be taking a part of it? Violate every everybody's contract, doesn't it? I mean, what a goofball! Yeah, I mean, of all the things, just for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, so so uh, Madison Bumgarner uses an alias to compete in rodeo events, and I would think of <laughs> of all of the different. Things you could put in a player's contract: don't ride a motorcycle, don't skydive, uh, like don't skydive. They apparently, don't have a problem with it though. They said they didn't know about it beforehand, but you know, guys well, have lives outside of baseball, and they're going to live their lives. They're supposed to try and die. Yeah, guys have lives. Go to a movie or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rodeo. That's true. That's true.
true. Yeah, no. I think it was yeah. Derek who said it's one of the safer safer rodeo events that, that he competes in. What does he know about? Right? And it's, Wasn't he, in, he was in roping, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a horse could fall on you at any point. You can, you're throwing a cow on the ground. You got a fighting chance to ruin a shoulder or something. Don't Are we you? Think... wet more now on rodeo? Well, he said he had an inside source. I don't know, man. But it's not roping in the sense that you're talking about, Pat, where you rope the cattle and then jump down off your horse and try and tie them up. I think it's, it's team roping where they just try and lasso the cow or calf from their horse. Okay. They don't get down off yeah, the horse. Got, it's like a leisure. Farmers stroll. get very upset at me calling what they're chasing their cows. They're not exactly <laughs> chasing cows or chasing you know bulls. But uh, oh, I thought he. I thought he was wrestling them to the ground. Too. No, no, no. He's not doing that. That mm-hmm. I do know. Well, Lenny's a big sissy. <laughs> I want to sign you know, him if I do that. If he's out there doing the team stuff, come on, you know. Amazing. I don't, I don't know. All right, Pat. Well, uh, this rodeo update has been uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. We will talk I'm to you again. I'm back home, Friday. you know, boys. So uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll uh, probably see you in there Friday. So. Sounds good. We'll nice. see you in here. All right, see you, okay. Pat. Goodbye. All right, Bye. that is rapping with Roycey here, and you guys feel like it's controversial. Yeah. I'm going to defend Rami. Rami picked up his third good question of the year so far. And you guys, Jonathan and Judd, are texting during the segment saying it doesn't count. I didn't think we... No, no, I'm I'm asking. asking. I didn't think we counted regular Uh contributors. So here's my take on this, all right? Regular contributors tend to know that this is a thing on our show, that we keep track of these standings. And so if really the spirit of it is, is the person giving you a good question because they know we're playing the game, or are they doing it because they thought it was a good question? So or some other mechanism. So Patrick's, Patrick's fair game now? I mean, if Pat, if if we think Pat did it to give one of us a point, then we can contest it. He was legitimately impressed with my question. I agree. And it was a really good did question. Did I get a, I, I got a good question from Pelicero, right? I think you got a good question from Pelicero. Yeah, because yeah. if I did, and it counted, then, counted. then yeah. Pat has to count. Yeah. I was just asking... It's like the Bach rule. It's a little bit dicey, and I need, I need interpretation. Yeah, and that's just, we're going to have to kind of like, live with don't it. Don't deceive like a fir- the questionnaire. It's like a fake to third, throw to first kind of a thing, and we just all sort of shrug and say, I don't know, look like look like a Bach, or not. So the standings are Judd 5, Phil 4, Rami 3, Jonathan 2. There we go. Going into tomorrow. On the board. The good questions. The Jonathan's not there happy. I <laughs> didn't think we kind of contributed. Really okay. upset. Listen, just, just. I got to go by. Keep, keep. Pushing those questions. Right. I still love you, Jonathan, for bringing that food from Allianz Field today. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.